Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. Have you ever thought, gosh, I'd love to start my own radio or podcast, but I have no idea how to do it? Or are you a seasoned veteran who wants to level up and improve all aspects of your show? Well, I will be working with a select few to help you either start or polish your show. These are a few topics I will teach you. How to create your brand and how to be specific with your niche and your audience. The types of equipment you should use to help you improve the quality of your audio and your video. I'll teach you how to get your show aired on most podcasting platforms, as well as give you an option to create a video podcast. I'll teach you which recording platforms are best for your needs, as well as teach you the importance of having a show clock. The do's and don'ts of writing your own show notes that will help increase the reach of your audience and generate traffic to your website. I'll also introduce you to some of my contacts and previous guests. I'll also be offering a select few the opportunity to broadcast your show on my platform and have access to my three and a half million listeners. So if you're ready to start or level up your show, then visit www.jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash work with James and sign up today. It's time, my friend, for you to stand out and share your message with the world. Once again, visit www.jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash work with James to get started today. My guest today is Paula Connect, who is a certified leadership, transformational, and self-development coach who is dedicated to helping people transform their professional and personal lives. She is also the founder of My Mind Power Coaching and Consulting. In today's episode, Paula and I talk about her latest book, The Success Mindset, Take Back the Leadership of Your Mind. This book teaches you 11 pillars to untap the higher self that lives within you and which longs to have an extraordinary life, the life you're born to live. Welcome to Lifeology. Thank you, James. A pleasure to be here. It is such an honor. For where are you calling in today? From Zurich, Switzerland. That is one thing I love. I get to meet so many amazing people like yourself all over the world. And I was, it, so, it feels so international. Like I feel like I'm over there right now, even though I'm here in Miami, Florida. But it's like I said, it's, it's a great honor to, to meet you in person today. <laughs> it's an honor for me too. And yes, it's great that we can meet even if we're so far away, right? Yes, that is one of the great things. Now, how did you how did you get into this the space of transformation of helping people? How were you when you were younger, a younger person? How was that for you in your life, and how did that make sense for you that you're like, oh my gosh, this is what I want to do? You know, I knew since I was a little girl that uh, I was meant to to help people, and mm-hmm. I always found myself giving advice, even if was unrequested. It just felt so natural <laughs> to me to have, you know, conversations with friends. And I was uh, uh. naturally giving advice. And I read self-help books since I'm 13. Wow. So it's a topic that it's very close to my heart. I, I know basically all the self-help 
help outsource out there. So mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's natural for you to transition into that for yourself to do, which makes a lot of sense. Yes, even though I studied engineer, so I oh. come as an engineer from profession and I did the international management. I joined very big companies doing mm. business-like roles. However, uh, this self-development, the mental health, these topics were always close to my heart. So mm-hmm. they were always with me uh, and helped me yeah. in my role. Did you somehow figure out how to manage the, or not manage, merge the engineering parts and the self-help world? Was there a way that you were able to connect those together? Just curious. It doesn't matter if you have to, but it was just interesting. Uh-huh. Yes. In the beginning, I did not see the link mm-hmm. so quickly. Mm-hmm. But why, when I joined the business world is where it started to, to click. Because yeah. I realized the mechanical or logical way of thinking uh, and solving problems in corporations um, were not always so efficient. So when you add the human element, it's where I started mm-hmm. to really realize that, okay, uh, being an engineer doesn't stop you from, you know, developing soft skills and uh, trying to understand human nature. And we also have some rules like human nature also is sometimes driven by basic uh, rules that we Mm -hmm. don't see. And I was able to relate that later in life. That's really cool. Far off. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's really cool. Like for me as well, I did the same thing from being a psychotherapist and then transitioning into to media. That's something I'd done uh, my whole life when I was younger. So I was able to find the the intersects just the way you were as well, which is really cool when it happens. So I really enjoy that. Now for your book, what happens when you're like, oh my goodness, I need to write this book. So for my listeners tuning in right now, the name of the book is the, is called The Success Mindset, Take Back the Leadership of Your Mind by Paula Connects. What happened for you that says, I need to write this book right now? I always wanted to be a writer and mm-hmm. I used to ro- write blogs since uh, some years already. But what what made me really, um, what really started to, to blink on me, like, okay, it's time to write mm-hmm. a book. It's when uh, this pandemic started and I could not coach people live like before. So being in uh, kind of isolation was the time when here in Switzerland, they locked out everything. So you could not meet people. I was at home and, and I was, I just had my first baby, Henry, and he was just born. And so I was uh, thinking, okay, I, I'm, I'm out. I'm being quite isolated and I want to reach out people. How can I do that? And then I start uh-huh. to sketch the book. Like, okay, if I could write now a book, what will I talk about? And then I start to sketch it. And then it wow. came to life. I, I did not imagine I would publish it actually. Mm-hmm. This all came later, but it started in March 2020 when I started to sketch it and uh, started to take life, let's say. That's amazing. That is really, I think a lot of people during the pandemic, when it happened, I think a lot of people like yourself, and it doesn't, you know, everyone has a different way in which they deal with things, but a lot of more creative people, there was a lot of publishing, a lot of writing, a lot of new businesses that were created. And so I think it's wonderful that you were able to see this as well and say, if I can't do what I did before, how do I take it and do something slightly different? And I think that's a lesson for all of us is when we can't do what we used to do, but we still want to be in the same field. You have to pivot and figure out a slightly different way to do it. I know many people 
There's one person in mind that was a writer, but that had Parkinson's disease, but he couldn't write anymore. So what he was able to do was he was able to to speak, but it was very difficult to speak, but he was still able to have it dictated. And then from there, the book was written. So it's learning how to take your skill and slowly change it in a way where you can still do what you want to do, but it may not be the same way, but it still is giving out from that which you were called or supposed to do. So it's beautiful that you're able to find that way as well. Yes, I'm very rewarding because it uh, gives me access to much more people that I cannot really see. Sure. And then this book gives an opportunity really to reach out to people living in the U.S., for example, mm -hmm. or in mm -hmm. Mexico or in Latin America. And uh, this brings me a lot of satisfaction. Yes, of course. Now, you in your book, you talk about the 11 pillars that can help people. Do, can we talk about some of those? I, I don't know how much. Let's see. We currently have about 13 more minutes or 15 more minutes to do this. So can we walk through some of those 11 pillars? Sure. So uh, the key premise of the book is uh, I strive to answer the question, what differentiates the extraordinary life versus an mm -hmm. ordinary life? Yeah. And I aspire to give the answer uh, with these 11 pillars, which is they are characteristics of people or great leaders and also mm -hmm. people I met in the personal life, in business, in, mm -hmm. and also biographies of extraordinary leaders from all parts of life. And I basically compiled what, how they did it, how they redefined success in a way that was really meaningful for them and who mm -hmm. reach things that they never thought possible. And so the first pillar starts by defining a strong vision for your life. Mm -hmm. And don't be shy, but really aim very high, the highest you can mm -hmm. get. And really imagine, okay, if I have just this life and this is the only thing, the only shot I got, what do I want this life to be then? Yeah. And what is the highest I can aspire and set set the bar very high. And the rest of the pillars basically help you to, to develop the personality traits that you mm -hmm. need to keep consistently mm -hmm. going towards that vision. That's great. So, so the second this whole, pillar... Well, well, yeah, so the first, for the first part, the vision, though, because so many times people have this idea, but sometimes they think, okay, this is way too big. So you know, for, some, for example, let's say my vision was, I want to be the president of the United States. That's a huge yeah. vision. Now, is it attainable? Sure. But, but sometimes people you know, can think that's just way too big. I, don't, I can't think that far out. How do you help people push beyond the limits of when they tell themselves, I, I can't do this, that's too much? What would you say to that to help them move beyond that and say, no, I probably could do that, or I want to do that, I will do that? What do you tell them? My recommendation will be that instead of aiming for a position or a very specific position, let's say being the president of the United mm -hmm. States, something that drives you even stronger or that brings you even more fire is to think, what do I want this world to become? Um, what is mm -hmm. a positive change I could aspire to support? For example, Let's think about Nelson Mandela, which was uh, the first the first black president mm -hmm. in apartheid mm -hmm. South Africa. Mm -hmm. His dream was not to become the first black president of South Africa. His dream was to contribute to the eradication of the apartheid era, to reach a democratic society for everybody. 
Uh-huh. And so that basically pulled him. Uh, that vision mm-hmm. pulled him. And and ultimately, he reached positions where he could get closer and closer to getting the roles where he could actually influence that to happen. So a lot of and it, if I'm then, hearing what you say is, it would go more towards a person's passion. So if you look towards the vision of the end result, it's not necessarily the, like you said, the personal role that someone would create, but it's more the sense of how do you create movement or change either in your immediate immediate surroundings or maybe even a global thing. So when people can look at the change and then see how that re- resonates with them, and from there, the other aspects of, let's say, the president of uh, South Africa then all of a sudden that's something that becomes the byproduct of that. So when you do all this, then that's the, on the other side, that's the, the, that's the result or the benefits of doing something that changes your world or your community around you. Is that about right? Yes. Yes. I believe that, that it's much more powerful that you look at a situation, a project or just a, a, an aspiration to, to move mm-hmm. positive change in society that brings you more farther and, and also mm-hmm. pulls you towards reaching a position where you could eventually influence that outcome. Hmm. I really like that. And I think, you know, for, even from a psychological approach, so when there's been many studies that show when people do volunteer work or that they give back, what it does is it changes the, the, it gives them more dopamine. It gives dopamine that gives them more focus and energy, which then allows them to want to do even more of that. And then doing that, it shows that that gives them more longevity in their life and then with more longevity or life that they're able to live, then they're able to give back even more and more. So from a psychological, neurological approach or biological approach, I hear what you're saying as well is not only can we create the vision for that, but it also then can also change, transform our, the chemicals in our body, allows us to live longer, allows us to give back to the world around us. So I really see that symbiotic or that approach of giving back also allows you to become a healthier, stronger, more vibrant person as well. Absolutely, because when you link what you're doing, the activity and your vision with what you love, if it's strongly connected, then basically all the positive energy will sustain you and going towards Mm -hmm. that journey, right? Exactly. It will be much easier than if you don't love it or you just want to reach a position for the power, for the money, but Mm -hmm. you're inside, you're not driven. By something else. Well, I think it also goes back to one's motivation. So to ask yourself, why do I want to attain this vision? What is the purpose? And so if your motivation is, I want to give back. And so there's another thing here, which is really cool. So when altruism, so altruism for my listeners and viewers means doing something for someone else without wanting anything in return. And so there's a difference between if you're altruistic and versus you want to look good in front of people because the way it works is if if you're altruistic with someone your body rewards you with dopamine so if i if i see you on the street i'm like oh i want to help paula i'm going to give her money or whatever but if i give her money if i give uh, give you paula money and all of a sudden i feel really good about it i'm like oh my gosh i just feel this euphoria that means i was actually doing something because i didn't want anything in return but if i gave it to you and I was like, oh, did everybody see me? Did people see what I did? Then all of a sudden my body doesn't reward me that way. So I think it's the same thing as well as when you can find out your motivation for why you want this vision, then all of a sudden your body starts to feel that, that energy and that energy then gives you more passion to be able to fulfill it. And so, but if you don't feel that when you're developing your vision, 
And maybe it's good to look at your motivation. So why do you want to do this? Because the more specific you are with it, the more successful you'll be to accomplish that vision, as opposed to looking for external validation in doing this, because that won't be able to last. You won't be able to sustain that. Absolutely. What's the second pillar? So the second pillar is once you discover your vision, or let's say you have uh -huh. a good idea where do you want to head towards, then um, you need a supporting environment to reach mm. your vision. And with supporting environment, I don't mean um, the outside world that comes mm -hmm. second, but the inside, your values, your behaviors, and actions should be aligned with your vision. So we explore a little bit what are the key values that you consider the most important in your life, mm. how you align those values with your behavior, and what is this leading you in terms of acting. Because you might think you're acting according to your values, but mm. sometimes we unconsciously act against them. Yes. So I think a lot of that is more for your one's integrity as well. You know, for example, if I do, if my values say one thing, but I'm out talking to other people and my values are not being demonstrated. So if I'm, if I want to change the world with, let's say kindness, I'm just making this up kindness, but yet I'm out talking about other people behind their back. Well, that's not very kind. And so it's record, the recognition of what am I consistent in all areas of my life? So another way to do that, what I always tell people is if you can have, if you were to pick five people in your life that were to follow you around and review everything you did, would they all say the same thing? Would they all say James is a kind person? Because if they don't, then all of a sudden, maybe my personal integrity is not as sharp or as tight or as healthy as I thought. So, you know, it can be a, an interesting concept is if you think of five of the most influential people you know, or five of the most people that are, that really know you. Like, for example, one would be my mom. <laughs> my mom would be one of them to follow and, and other people as well. But if they look at me, it's like, James, you know, what are you doing? And so that's something, you know, I think perhaps the listeners and viewers here can think of that when we talk about lining up your values. And so to think if people were to follow me around, would it be the same? Would I be proud of what I did overall in my life? Yes, absolutely. For example, I talk in the example of self-respect. When someone has self-respect as a core value, but then you're at work and your boss tells you, I, I am Paula or hey, James, I need a report and um, I want it now. And if you don't do it, uh, I kick you out. And then you just say, oh, oh, yes, yes, I do whatever you want. And then the boss leaves and then just like, him, why did I say yes? Oh no, and, uh, you think in that word, and uh, know, but exactly. then you were not able to stand for yourself and say, "Sorry, no, I I don't have time or I don't have the capacity mm -hmm. to do it." And you don't show mm -hmm. yourself respect. That's a, a contradiction of values, right? That's a really good point. I think it's sometimes that shows up in a lot of areas of our life, which comes back to boundaries. I don't think we all, everybody, including myself at times, don't set the healthiest boundaries because a boundary keeps us safe. We have a physical boundary. We can have an emotional boundary. We can have a spiritual boundary, whatever that is. But if we don't learn how to set those all the time, then unfortunately, people can run over us. When I used to work with kids, I used to, um, when I would do a little group therapy with kids, I would get like a hula hoop and they would sit inside the hula hoop and I would say, okay, everything in this hula hoop is my boundary. 
So this is who James is. This is how what he laughs at. This is what he gets mad at. This is, you know, who where he was born. This is what his family's like. And so when I'm in my hula hoop, this is my boundary that no one can penetrate. So then the little kids, they would tell me about them. We would go, we would bump each other with our little hula hoops and say, okay, you can't come in mine. I can't come in yours. So it was a really cute way to teach boundaries. And so, but I think that's something going back to the self-respect that you're talking about is to be able to say, what's in your hula hoop? And how do you make sure that when someone tries to get in your hula hoop, no, you cannot, because this is why. And that goes back to the self-respect that you're talking about. Yeah. And what we have to be careful is we don't confuse self-respect with uh, wanting to not please people. Because sometimes Correct. for trying to please people, we let our boundaries get um, attacked by others. Yes. Because we are mm-hmm. afraid that others will think badly of us. But then, yes. as you clearly say, where is my boundary? Where is my self-respect mm-hmm. really yeah. resonating with me? Mm-hmm. And I think the I think the cognitive dissonance, in other words, I think the disconnect for many people is they have this big vision, but then if they're worried that what when people think about them, like you said, there is a disconnect because you can't reach that final vision or attain that vision if you worry about what people think of you. And so there's a difference between having a wise counsel like you said in the second pillar, surrounding yourself in a supportive environment of people who can correct you as needed versus external people that don't really matter. But if the people that quote don't matter, if we allow them to influence us, then once again, you can't attain your vision because not everybody can go where you're supposed to go. And so not everybody's going to appreciate you. There's a lot of jealousy in the world. A lot of people just won't support you. So learning how to differentiate or to distinguish between who are the healthy people in my circle? And then who are the people externally that I, at the end of the day, just don't have that much power over me or I give them too much power. And if I do, that's a direct conflict of me accomplishing my vision because that's just, that's energy that you're, you're redirecting to people that at the end of the day just don't matter. Yes. Yes. That's also part of setting the boundaries and also having a, a good understanding and awareness as who is the people mm-hmm. that is supporting me going towards my vision and sometimes it's disappointing to see that maybe family or friends that you think are very close to you and love you go against that wish or they are to not agree that you for example become a musician instead of Mm -hmm. a doctor Mm -hmm. but there you have to stand strong with okay what is more important for me to follow what my my parents tell me or my friends tell me mm-hmm. best for me or what is really best for me from the inside mm-hmm. to follow my intuition yeah. and whatever you choose will come back to you yes yes it will <laughs> for better or worse that always happens <laughs> trust me i know that i know that very well <laughs> before i we won't have time to go through the rest of the pillars but did you what was what was the main thing that you found the difference between an extraordinary life and an ordinary life what was the difference extraordinary life is when their vision pulls them they are mm. driven by a bigger meaning than just a personal meaning just to reach a personal mm. goal. It normally goes much beyond. For example, they wish to to do a positive change in society. They wish to mm. reach uh, or to make the world a better place. And the cause is m- much bigger than maybe their area of influence, but they mm. they they get pulled by it. Versus an ordinary life, you define very um, our goals that are maybe just 
just um, concerning yourself, like, okay, I mm -hmm. want now a bigger house. Maybe now I have a, a two-store house. Now I want a four-store house. And, and mm -hmm. now I have a Chevrolet. And now I want a Ferrari. And okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a personal goal, but sure. but goes not beyond. Uh, mm -hmm. There is nothing more special, you know? Yeah. Or people that decide to have it comfortable and say, okay, I... I I'm happy with my job. I am happy with watching TV every evening and mm -hmm. having a comfy life. Yeah. And then at one point they get in overconsumption or 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 they depend mm -hmm. on other means to to get this uh, passion or that mm -hmm. that uh, missing energy. Which can be a form of like a midlife crisis of some sort. Sure. Exactly. And people, what happens then? You go into overconsumption, you buy more things mm -hmm. than you need, you drink too much, or you mm -hmm. uh, smoke too much, or, you know, mm -hmm. you go into all sorts of addictions. And yeah. that's where you need to ask yourself, okay, why do, what, why do I fall into these addictions? What's missing? Yeah. And I, yeah, exactly. And I, I think you've shed so many light on different things. And I know when my when my listeners purchase this book, that they're going to be really inspired as well, because I, I think I, I'm really like that first aspect of the vision, because without a vision, people will perish. You know, they just don't look for anything. They just exist. And that's not really living. And so for the people listening right now who say, well, I'm okay with having that. I'm just looking, I want a bigger house or a bigger car. That's totally fine. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But this is for those individuals who feel like they want something more. I always tell people is if you have the thought, there's got to be something more to life, or I can't imagine doing the same thing over and over again. If that's any of my viewers or listeners right now who are thinking this, that is a form of mediocrity. It doesn't mean that you're mediocre. It just means that you've caught in a rut and you're like, gosh, I just don't want to do this anymore. So I know Paula's book here is really going to inspire you to help you find your vision, help you go through all the, the different the 11 pillars and help you accomplish the life that you've always wanted to live. So Paula Connect, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on my show today. Thank you so much. If my listeners do want to purchase this book, and I highly recommend it, The Success Mindset, Take Back the Leadership of Your Mind, where will they find all this information online? Sure. Thank you so much, James. So uh, you can visit Amazon uh, and it's available in Kindle version and paperback. And you also can uh, go to my social media if you want to interact with me or wish to know more. Um, everywhere, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram uh, with my name, Paola Knecht, or you can visit my website, which is www.my-mindpower.com. Excellent. Well, my listeners also know that if you cannot find this information any other place, simply go to the show notes at jamesmillerlifeology.com, and I will link you with Paula Connect. Thank you so much for being a wonderful guest on my show today. I truly appreciate it. Thank you so much, James. What a pleasure. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.